Today's Gate of Trust audiobook reading is in loving memory of Zev Lave Ben Herschel. Chapter 6 The Security Mentality. I've seen that it is necessary to expose with seven points the foolishness and errors of those people who engage in this way of thinking. Although we will need to elaborate on this, it is nonetheless important to do so because the following seven points contain substance with which to embarrass and rebuke the people who have this way of thinking. These people are called the sect of owners of security pledges. Their conduct toward God is akin to a merchant who sells on credit to a person whom he does not trust to pay. He therefore takes a security pledge at the time of the sale out of fear that the buyer can't be trusted or that the buyer won't be able to pay for the merchandise that he purchased. The Flaws in Asking God for Collateral The first response we say to such a person is this, You are a person who doubts if all of the person's needs have been preordained by the decree of the Creator, and who doesn't believe in the greatness of God's strength and ability. You are a person whose light of intellect has been darkened and whose candle of understanding has been extinguished due to the darkness of your desires overcoming you. Surely, it is only appropriate for you to request and take a security pledge from your fellow or friend who has no jurisdiction over you and cannot give you orders. However, it is not appropriate for a paid worker who is hired by people to take a security pledge for his pay from his employer before he begins his work. All the more so will a servant not take a security pledge from his master for his livelihood before he's begun to work for his master. And all the more so their created being will not take a security pledge from his creator before he even begins serving him. It is astonishing because even when a servant serves his master with the intention of being rewarded after his work, it is considered improper. As the rabbi said in the Mishnah, Avos 1.3, Do not be like servants who serve their master in order to receive reward. All the more so is it improper when the servant is so brazen-faced that he asks for a security pledge for his livelihood before he begins his work. Similarly, the verse states, Deuteronomy 32.6 Is this how you repay the Lord, you disgraceful, unwise people? The second response to the person without betachon. Usually, when a person takes a security pledge from his friend, the value of the security pledge is limited according to the amount of the debt. However, the person who has the way of thinking mentioned above has no end to what he seeks from God because he doesn't know how much money will be enough to sustain him and the members of his household for their food and other needs until the days of their deaths. Even were he to have many times more money than that which in truth would be enough for him, his mind would not be at rest because their end is concealed and the length of their days is unknown. He is a fool for seeking that which he does, because it has neither limit nor measure. The third response to such a person. A person who takes a security pledge from his friend will only take a security pledge from him if he does not have any outstanding debt that he owes to this friend, and if he did not borrow money from him at an earlier point in time. Only then is he justified in his request for a security pledge. However, if he has outstanding debts that he owes his friend, and he is aware that he has these legitimate debts, then it makes no sense whatsoever for him to request a security pledge from his friend, nor would it be fitting for him to take the security pledge from his friend, even if the latter volunteered to give it to him. All the more so does this apply to the Creator, 
A security pledge should not be demanded of him because a person has many legitimate debts that he owes the creator. Were it possible to add up all the good deeds of all the people throughout history and to consider it as if one person performed all of them, those good deeds would not be enough to repay God for even one kindness that the creator bestows upon him. How then is this brazen-faced person not embarrassed to ask the creator to give him great favors in advance of his service of God? in addition to those favors that he has given him in the past. Surely his debt toward the Creator will weigh down on him, and perhaps he will not be able to fulfill his promise to serve him, because his days will end and his time will come. One day at a time. There was once a pious man who would proclaim to his fellow, People, is it conceivable that the Creator would demand of you today to fulfill the obligations of tomorrow, or that which you are obligated to do afterward in a year or two from now? They replied, How would it be conceivable that it would be demanded from us to fulfill future obligations today when we don't know if we will live to reach out those days when we will become obligated to fulfill them? However, we can become obligated in a defined amount of service during the present time, and only when we reach the future time will we become obligated in the service of that time. The pious man said to them, Similarly, the Creator, may he be blessed, has guaranteed your present sustenance for the present time. And in return, it is incumbent upon you to fulfill a set service of God. Just as he will never demand his service of you before its time, so too it is fitting that you have shame and refrain from asking for sustenance before its time arrives. Why then do I see you asking him for the sustenance of the years to come, when you don't even know if you will live until then? Furthermore, you even ask that he give you in advance the sustenance for your future wife and children-to-be, who haven't even been born yet. Additionally. You do not merely ask for food, but you ask for food as well as other excess desires for those times that are not yet known to you, the future, even though you are not guaranteed to still be alive during those times. Not only do you not serve him in lieu of his guarantee to provide for you in the future, you don't even make an accounting with yourself regarding that which you have ignored the service of God during the past days, during which he did not neglect to provide you fully with your sustenance. The fourth response to such a person. A person who takes a security pledge from his friend does so for one of three reasons. One, out of concern that perhaps his friend will become poor and thus unable to pay his debt. Two, out of concern that perhaps he will intentionally refuse to pay his debt. Three, perhaps his friend will die or be unable to find him. The security pledge is widely considered to be a remedy for all three problems. If people were to be confident with each other insofar as these three concerns, it would without a doubt be considered a disgrace for them to take security pledges from each other. All the more so when it comes to the Creator, may He be blessed, regarding whom these traits are not applicable at all. It is even more disgraceful and astonishing that people should take security pledges from Him. The verse already states, Haggai 2.8 The silver is mine and the gold is mine. Similarly, it states, Chronicles 1, 29-12, And wealth and honor are from before you. The fifth response to such a person. A person takes a security pledge from his friend to have peace of mind, since he plans on using the pledge as payment for the debt that is owed to him, to benefit from it, or to sell it or swap it, and use the money or object he receives in return as payment for the debt that is owed to him. However, The claim of a person who thinks that he will have peace of mind from the worries of this world if the Creator gives him his needs in advance is false, because he cannot be confident that the money will remain in his possession. For a mishap 
might possibly happen to him that will separate him from it. As the verse states, Jeremiah 17.11, He shall leave them in the midst of his days. That which they claim regarding the peace of mind they will have when they obtain the riches of the world that they desire is a false claim. And it is foolish of them to seek this, because it is possible that the riches themselves will be a significant cause of their troubles and grief. As our rabbis of blessed memory said, Avus 2.6, A person who increases possessions increases worry. The sixth response to such a person is as follows. Were the person who is taking the security pledge from his friend sure that his friend will repay his debt before its due date and would pay him double the amount that he owes him in return for his waiting as a kindness towards him, then he would certainly never take the security pledge from him. And here we are speaking of the Creator, may he be blessed. We know of his good conduct with us and his abundant kindness to us, both recently as well as in the past and that He repays us for our acts of charity and service with a reward that cannot be grasped by human intellect and certainly cannot be articulated. As it is written, Isaiah 64, 3, No eye had ever seen God besides yours. What is prepared for Him who waits for you? Since God's kindness to us is unlimited, it is even more of a disgrace if we were to take a security pledge from Him. The seventh response to such a person. A person who takes a security pledge from his friend only takes the pledge if he's able to supply his friend with merchandise that corresponds to the value of the security pledge. However, a person who takes a security pledge from the Creator, may he be blessed, by requesting God's kindness in advance of fulfilling his obligations towards him, does not have the capability to repay with his service of God because he is not even assured that he will be able to repay his old debts, all the more so that he can't be sure that he will be able to pay back the new debts. For even a righteous man would not be able to repay God for the good that he has bestowed upon him were it not for God's helping him. As one of the pious men said in his praises of God, even the intellectual who knows you does not glory in his actions. Rather, he praises your name and your mercy because you prepared his heart so that it be able to know you. For through you and your help, all the children of Israel will be found to be righteous and praised, saying, Psalms 44.9 We have gloried in God all day long and we will forever praise your name. 